Today I feel a little bit more connected because somebody decided it was a, a good idea to put pictures here. I can't show you, but I'm actually looking at empty chairs with a lot of y'all's picture on the chairs. So I feel connected to you. I hope that you go ahead and connect this season because as the days go on, I think that isolation is going to become more of a thing if it already isn't. And so I really want to encourage everyone. This is a season for spiritual deepening and awakening. Let's connect. Let's join together as we walk through this crazy season together. So we're also connected with all of these flags across the stage. I don't know if you see them over here. We have uh, a lot of our flags, missions partners on this side as well. We are celebrating Missions Sunday today. So every fifth Sunday at this church, we pass the buckets. It's the only time that we actually pick up an offering and we give 100% of what we receive on that fifth Sunday to all of our ministry partners outside of these walls. That is both international and local. And with Connect, I feel more connected now than ever before with the entire world because we're all in this together. I've connected with our ministry partners from Serbia. We'll watch a video at the end, our ministry partners with Mexico, and everyone's kind of on the same page. Everyone's fears are the same. Everyone's concerns are the same, but more so we are connected to the source of, of true life and hope that never changes. In the season of uncertainties, in the seasons of not knowing what's next, we're all connected to the Lord who does know what is going on and we can find hope. We're gonna choose hope over fear. We're going to choose sacrifice over selfishness and peace over anxiety. And that's something that the entire world has to offer. So I wanna talk a little bit more about that. But first, I wanna tell you one uh, about a psalm that has really been entered into my heart through this season that I've held on to, and it's uh, actually happened again two days ago as, as we were um, out picking up Tyler and Emily. We, we drove to Center, Texas to move them down to Wimberley. They're getting settled in right now. Uh, ben, me, and my dad went, drove five hours, picked them up, and then on our way back, it was at night, everything was going well, and then boosh, Ben ran over a bunch of nails on the middle of the road. It's not true. He had a flat tire. Not only was it a flat tire, but it was the inside tire that was flat on the U-Haul. And we called and, you know, everyone's kind of freaking out, businesses. And, and so it took the tow truck to get there. You know, it took them 90 minutes to get there. Why am I telling you this? Because we were disrupted. Our plan was disrupted. And we had a choice whether to complain, whether to, you know, worry, whether to be anxious or whether to pause and be still and see what God had for us in those 90 minutes. We made the best of it. My dad walked and, and found some hot wings at the gas station. I'm still feeling a little bit, you know, but he, he brought us some dinner and, and it was so good to, to have that time together. We shared some jokes. We got to know each other a little bit better and we paused. We were still in that moment and we enjoyed what we had with, with uh, whatever circumstance we were living in. And so this Psalm, Psalm 46 is, is an incredible Psalm for this time specifically. I'm not going to read it all, but I do encourage you to read it on your own. And in verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. 
I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Let the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. If there's a message that we can all hold on to is that in this crazy season, as things change every single day, like I just said before, we can hold on to, we can be sure that the God, that the Lord of heaven's armies is with us. And we can know that we are loved. We can know that he has given us community. He has given us the very essence of his spirit, his Holy Spirit within us to comfort us in the days to come. So one thing that we all have in common is our need for the power of God. Our need for the power of God. And the power of God can be, you know, described in many different ways. And today I want to conclude our, our Let's Go, the first part of our Let's Go series. As, we've, as we looked at this verse in Acts 1.8, we are in this world peace where we're celebrating Mission Sunday. We are connected as one body calling on the name of Jesus. And today we will come to that end. We'll, we'll, we'll hit spiritual disciplines after Easter in two weeks. I'm so excited about that. We're going to let's go deep. But in the meantime, I want to focus in on, on, on the power of God because in Acts 1-8, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, right before he ascends into heaven, he says, wait, be still. My Holy Spirit's going to fill you with power and I'm going to send you out. Now I'm going to send you out in, into Jerusalem. We talked about how that was our family, our, our nucleus. And he said, well, I'm going to send you out into your Judea. That's kind of your, your, your community, our church. But he says, I'm going to send you out a little step further into your Samaria, maybe a, a, a discomfort zone. We're called to love our neighbors, whether we agree with them or disagree with them. God's calling us out into our city, our Samaria. And then he said, and I'm going to send you out into the world into the world. And so the key there is that where we get our power is not from our knowledge, is not from what we can do. Where we get our power is the Holy Spirit. And then the book of Acts kind of talks about how uh, the, the, the disciples in that time actually stepped out in faith and saw God move in power in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, into the ends of the earth. I talked about a story last week that I want to pick up on. I, I talked to you about a time that I went on a mission trip in 2012 to Greece. We were looking for people of peace. We were literally like Jesus when he sent out the 72. We were going door by door. We were just having conversations with people out in the community. And we were saying, hey, you know, Greece was in a bad financial time at that point, and so we used that as a tool. And we said, hey, what is the hope for Greece? Where are you putting your hope in? And it was funny because we were quickly challenged by uh, the, the folks there, and they said, hey, Greece has no problems. Just look around. Everybody's enjoying. Everyone's good. And, and so I began to get frustrated because we weren't, you know, our mission wasn't being, you know, successful. And so I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm running out of stuff. I'm running out of my own power. Well, then we came to 
talk with some folks. They were not from Greece. They were from Libya. They were some, they were, they, they were some young men. And they actually had just gotten uh, flown into Greece to receive medical help because they were fighting versus Gaddafi. And, and they were showing us graphic pictures and talking to us about battle. And they wanted to be these strong men. And they were trying, you know, trying to prove to us that, that they were strong and, and they were mighty. But inside, we saw the fear. And they always talked about one of their friends, Muhammad, who was the only true believer. They were, they were Muslims, so the only true believer that actually lived in a way submitted to God according to the Islamic faith. And so he was the one whose ears perked up. And we had the incredible opportunity to talk to him about Isa al-Messiah. That's Jesus, the Messiah in, in Arabic. And we got to tell him through one of the guys who was a translator, how God not only wants us to you know, submit to him, God doesn't only want us to be different and live differently than the world, but God submitted himself to us through Jesus. He became human so that he could die, so that he can live a perfect life and, and, and die and pay the price for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God. We don't need to do all of these things. We don't need to prove our strength. God was strong for us. And God became human to show us his love. Now, the, the end of the story is not this, wow, and everyone came to Jesus. It wasn't. We just, we just laid a seed right there. We just told him, God loves you. That's why we're here. And we feel like, you know, this was the very, our very mission to tell you that God loves you. Jesus loves you. And then it got real. You talk about being still and knowing that he is God. I was in awe and I thought, whoa, just had an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with someone who had never heard of his name. And that is what we are called to. That is where we need to be as believers, but that's not something that we get from, again, knowledge or experience or anything. That's what we get from the Holy Spirit. See, the, the gospel in Acts was fulfilled or, or moved forward through the coming of the Holy Spirit. So I want to read about a passage where, where literally we moved from Judea to Samaria and then on. It's in Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. This picks up right after Stephen is martyred. So Stephen, who was this amazing disciple, he was full. In Acts 6, we, we learn that he is full of grace and he is full, full of power. It says that he is full of God's grace and power. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good. I would love to be known as someone who is full of grace and power. Because sometimes you, you meet people and they're like, yeah, that guy's full of grace. He's so nice, he's so kind, he's so gentle, and that's good, and, and you know, we, we want to be those things. And then other people are like, well, that guy's powerful. Stay away from that guy, he's, he's intimidating. But Stephen was both. Stephen was full of grace and power. And then he opened up his mouth in Acts 7, and he preached. He talked about, he testified, he was a witness to the things of Jesus, and he actually outlined, I'll let you read that on your own too, read Acts 7, it's an amazing storyline of God redeeming his people, what we, what we uh, read in Psalms 46, that the Lord is the God of Israel, he is our fortress, the Lord of heaven's army, he shows up so many times, then ultimately he shows up as Jesus. 
And when he shows up as Jesus, he was crucified. And when Stephen started talking about that, the, the religious elite were infuriated. They took him out and they actually stoned him. And, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was able to look up and pray to God in his final moments and ask him to forgive those people, the very people that were stoning him. And God uses this tragedy. God uses this, this chaotic moment to further his plan. Let's read on in Acts chapter eight. This is right after that. Verse one says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. Now, I know that we are scattered right now, but we're not scattered because of persecution, but there are churches. There are some ministry partners here that I cannot tell you uh, who they are or where they are by name because they are being persecuted, and this is online. They are being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. It's not a reality for us, but it is still a reality for many people. Let's keep on reading. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through, through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Now, this is amazing because it says that all the believers except the apostles. So I think of all the believers, you know, boosh, and then their leaders are like, Still here, you know? It makes me think of a time when I was in the Amazon in Peru, in Iquitos, with our ministry partners, Willie and Ana from, uh, from Peru. And the guide, Elias, he was a real dude. He was more power than grace, but he, he was a graceful dude, I guess. He was a nice guy, but he was very powerful. And we were walking through the middle of the Amazon, and, and we got, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes down the road. And then he challenged us, and he said, hey, who, who, who thinks they can find their way back? You know who raised their hand? I did. I said, I know, I got this. You know, I've been hiking before. And we go through the weeds and the vines and all that stuff and tall grass. And at one point, I think we even swung on a bamboo, uh, you know, tree to get from point A to point B. And man, he just laughed at me. He just laughed at me. He was our leader and I wasn't much without our leader. And I don't know how the believers felt when they were scattered without the apostles, but God did this on purpose. He scattered the believers, it says, through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Verse two, some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Now we have this, this introduction of this character named Saul. And Saul is later known as Paul, writer of most of the New Testament, most of our New, uh, the Bible, uh, New Testament here in our Bibles. And, and Paul was a persecutor of Christians before he gave his life to Jesus. Amazing. There's hope for all of us. We are redeemed people. We are a group of imperfect people doing our best to follow a perfect Savior. We, in many ways, before Christ, are Paul's. And this is just a beautiful passage where it talks that before Paul was born again, before Paul was this amazing leader, he was actually persecuting the church. But that didn't stop the believers. As Paul was dragging people out of their homes for preaching the gospel, for talking about Jesus, it says that the believers who were, who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. I don't know what you think about that word preach. 
It sounds, you know, it's a churchy word that kind of sounds like top down. I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you what to do. I'm telling you what you're doing wrong. And I'm probably telling you what I'm doing right. And so I'm telling you, I'm right, you're wrong. But this word is so important because first, we're all called to preach. All of us are called to preach. It doesn't say that the leaders, it doesn't say that Peter and James, the leader of the Jerusalem church back then were preaching. It says that the believers preached. And that word in Greek is evangelizo, and and it's the word that we get evangelism from, and it basically means proclaiming the good news about Jesus. Proclaiming the good news about Jesus. We need some good news right now. This world needs some good news. And my encouragement to you today is be still. Be still. Unplug from the news sources. Unplug from all trying to figure out all the unknowns. I'm not saying don't do those things. Do those things. But there's also a time to unplug from those things and be still and be okay with not knowing not knowing what's next, not knowing what may come next, not knowing what's going to happen with our finances or, or what our month next month will look like. We are still and recognize that that's a reality, but then we can know. We can know that God, the God who created the earth, is the very God that is inside of this living room and inside of your living room. He knows us. He's in this with us. It says in Psalms 46 that the God, the Lord of heaven's army is here among us and that the God of Israel is our fortress. And we can find confidence in that. We can connect. We can plug back into that so that everything else in our life is an overflow of what God is doing within us as we are still and as we know that God is totally in control. And so what do we do now? Is that it? You know, for some of us introverts, man, you guys have been praying for this moment. Like I want, you know, some of y'all have been wanting for this quarantine thing to happen so that you can be still and show the rest of the world, check it out. We know how to do this thing. We know how to chill. We know how to hang out. We know how to not go anywhere. And then all of us extroverts are freaking out. We're like, I can't wait to hang out with my group of friends, or I can't wait to go out to the coffee shops or sit at a restaurant or to just hang out and be as a community together. And what I love is that God is is using, you know, this season to teach us to be still to be still. So introverts, we're we're following your lead. It's your time to tell all of us how to chill, how to be still and know that God is good and that God is in control. And also, it's not a season to stop. Last week, we talked about how it's now is go time for the church to be the church. Yes, to meet needs. We have that email, needs at Cypress Creek Church. If you have any needs or if you know anybody that has any needs, it's go time for the church to meet needs. Yes, to pray and yes, to preach. Yes, to proclaim the good news about Jesus Christ. Paul, the, the, the redeemed Paul, the very person who was persecuting Christians. He gives his life to Jesus. Read Acts 
9, read the amazing progression of how God takes the gospel, this good news about Christ, from from 12 to about 300 to 3,000, and this scattering happens after Stephen is martyred, and all of a sudden the world is now full, infected with the gospel of Jesus. And he uses Paul, this persecutor of Christians, to do so. And he writes this letter to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he very clearly shows us how to preach. It says that when I first came to you, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. When I first came to you, says Paul, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid, in trembling. In my message, in my preaching, were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul did not lean on his understanding. Paul did not lean on his religious upbringing or training because he was the, he was the, 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 the academic elite of his time regarding religious things. He trusted in the power of God. And again, something that we have in common with all of our brothers and sisters across the world, all of our ministry partners that I'm gonna, I'm gonna feature here in just a second. We all need the power of God. We all need to be strengthened with his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit alone. Not information, not our training, not any person's wisdom, but we need the power of God. He writes later in Philippians 4, verse 12 and 13, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If you have participated in an athletic competition in the United States of America, you have heard this verse if you've been around Christians. This is the athlete's verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. (laughs) And it's true, you can. But in context, Paul is saying this is the secret This is the secret of being satisfied, of being content in every situation. Whether I have a lot, whether I'm living a lavish, privileged lifestyle, which Paul had the ability to live, or whether I'm in want. Paul at this point is preaching from prison, stripped from all of those things. Paul's saying, it's not about the stuff. It's not about, you know, not having. It's about having faith and knowing where your strength comes from. And that strength comes from Jesus, from Christ himself. He is the one who gives us strength. So before we go into uh, our ministry uh, partners, our missions partners, um, you know, and and the offering and all that stuff, I want to speak to you for, for just a little bit because we need strength. And I don't know if you feel uncertain about something or you feel a little anxious or you feel a little, you know, uh, afraid, whatever you feel, I pray that we can be, and I hope that we can be real with those emotions and we can just submit them to God and say, Lord, I don't know. Lord, I don't know what's next. Lord, financially, I don't know what's gonna come next. 
But what I do know, Father, is that you promised to give me your very strength. And so let's hold on to that. Let's be people that are strengthened, not by information, not by status, not by what we can do, but let's be people that are strengthened by the very Spirit of God during this time. Let's be still and know that God is good. So, Jacob and Pastor David in Santiago, Mexico, are dear friends of many of y'all, dear friends of mine. We've been in touch, and we have discovered that we're going through a lot of the same things. The same concerns that we have here are same concerns that they're having there. The playing field is level across culture, across um, economic, social, um, any, everything, spectrums. We are all now dealing with the very same thing. And so my encouragement as we move on to, to, our, to our missions offering is know that the same is true with God, that he levels the playing field and we are all in need of the power of God. We all need the Holy Spirit to come. As he, as he said, as Jesus said in Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit will fall upon you and fill you with power. So what I want to do before we go on to our missions offering is pray for that power to come upon you Pray that power to come upon your household and to come across this entire region and the world. Let's pray. God, I ask for your power to fall upon us. I ask, God, that we would not trust in information or people, that we would not trust in our own abilities, that we would not trust in any other source but you. I ask that from that place, as we receive your power, that your peace would overflow us, as it says earlier in Philippians. I pray that that peace would transcend all understanding. I pray that that peace, even if it makes no sense, that, that we would feel it and that we would respond to it by preaching, by proclaiming the good news of Jesus, by sharing our story, by asking questions to those around us and saying, hey, do you, do you know Jesus? Do you, do you know of this hope? Do you need hope? I pray, God, that it would be your power that would fill your church and right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for your power to fill every one of our ministry partners here locally and across the globe right now in the name of Jesus. We say that, God, you are our fortress. Lord of heaven's armies, you are here with us. And we thank you for that confidence. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So I have a video to show Jacob and David and Pastor David have filmed a little short video just of appreciation. But, but I want to highlight three very important things as, as we are thinking about why are we honoring this missions offering in a time of financial strains? Well, number one, God is a generous God. God is a generous God. He generously gives us everything that we need and more in every way. Second is that we, Cypress Creek Church, are a generous church and we're not gonna stop. It doesn't matter if things are tough. We are going to continue to be a giving church. And the third is that our ministry partners, they need this support and we are committed. We are committed to them. 
And just like we're talking about the source of where our strength comes from, we don't need to put our source in any stimulus package or anything that comes from outside of the walls from the church. We need to commit, to be committed, and we need to provide this support to all of our mission partners. So we are going to do that. I want to roll this video. After that, I'll tell you about a few ways that you can give. They'll be on the comments, whether you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook. You can hop online, cyberscreekchurch.com, see more, but, but I'll show you um, that right after this video. Check it out. Hola, mis queridos hermanos de Cypress Creek. Nos da mucho gusto saludarles por este medio. Hello to all our dear brothers from Cypress Creek. We are so happy to say hello through this media. Eh, algunos se acuerdan de, nos, de mí, de nosotros, Pastor David Grimaldo y Jacob Grimaldo. Yes, some, uh, some of you maybe remember us, Pastor David, his son, Pastor Jacob Grimaldo, here from Mexico. Queremos saludar a la hermosa iglesia de Cypress Creek. We want to say hello to all the beautiful church of Cypress Creek. A los maravillosos hermanos. The wonderful brothers that we have there. A nuestro gran amigo Rob. Or a great friend Rob. A nuestro pastor también, eh, ahora José. Or pastor eh, José Pepe. Nos conocemos desde hace más de 20 años, gloria a Dios. Okay, we have been, been, we have been friends from, for more than 20 years, thank God. Y queremos saludarles y agradecerles por este medio todo el apoyo que nos han brindado. Okay, and we want to say hello to, to say hello to every one of you and to thank you for all the support that you have given us through all this time. Todos estamos pasando por la misma situación, tanto en México como en Estados Unidos y bueno, pues en todo el mundo. We are all passing through the same situation here in Mexico, in the States, and in the whole world. Queremos que sepan que tenemos un programa todos los días a las 8 de la noche. We want uh, to make you know that we have a Facebook live transmission every day at 8 p.m. Y queremos invitarlos. And we want to invite you. A que nos visiten. To visit. To visit. A nuestro sitio. To our Facebook page, Palabra de Vida Santiago, uh, give us a like, please, there. We are having there our meetings uh, Sunday morning and from Monday to Friday, every day at 8, at 8 p.m. Pues queremos dar las gracias. Well, nuevamente. Uh, thank you. Por todo lo que han hecho por nosotros. For all the things that you have doing for us through all this time. Y que queremos que sepan. And we want to make you know que ese apoyo that, that support sigue siendo muy importante para nosotros. Is still very, very important for us. Les amamos. We love you, church. Oramos por ustedes todas las noches. We pray for you every night. Y oramos por los Estados Unidos. For the United States. Por su presidente. For your president. Y por nuestro país también. And for our country as well. Que el Señor les bendiga y muchas gracias por escucharnos. God bless you and thank you all. So we have three ways that you can give. And after I'll say those three words, I want to show you pictures 
of all of our ministry partners so that you know, again, both international and local. But the three ways to give are number one, online. So we have a PushPay account. You can go to cypresscreekchurch.com slash give. And under the funds, you can designate the fund as a missions offering. That's the first way, online. The second is you can mail a check to P.O. Box 1357. So easy. P.O. Box 1357 at Wimberley, Texas, 7676. And again, just designate and write on the memo line, missions offering. Then the third, if you have any questions, just call the office. Doors are closed, but don't worry. We found a way around it. We, we can still answer the phone, even though we're not in the actual physical office. 512-847-1222. So first is online. The second is the address. You can mail a check. And the third is via phone. And now let me show you who these ministry partners are. So the first one is Dave Eubanks. He is in Burma. He's also been in Syria. We have Earth Mission Asia, who is in Burma. They train uh, PAs to reach folks in rural areas that have very little medical uh, news. And if you actually look closely in that Earth Mission Asia picture, if we can put that on, you'll see a little familiar face. Our founding pastor, Rob Campbell, is in that picture behind, right by the peace sign, if, if you're still looking. So he's, he's with them now, and he's helping them continue their mission. Then we have Morris and Ida in Kenya and Uganda. We have the Luluanda Children's Home in Uganda. We have our ministry partners in Havana, Cuba, Ricardo and Miss Lady Bisset. We have Willie and Ana Malpartida in Peru. They were with us a few weeks back. They're actually stuck in Lima as we speak. They haven't been able to make it home because of this whole quarantine thing. So we hope and pray that they'll be home soon. We have Patrick and Pandy who was here a few months ago, if you remember. He leads a, 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 a church plant network in Zimbabwe. We have Attila and Bayaholo, who are also a part of a church planting movement in Serbia, the northern part of Serbia, where there's a lot of Hungarians there. We have Danko and Slajana Dudok in the capital of Serbia in Belgrade. I Choose You, led by our very own Becky Ball in Uganda. We have Pastor Tankachan in Chennai, India. We have David and Lorena Grimaldo, who we just saw in the video in Santiago, Mexico. And then we have our ministry partners in Northern Africa, Mark and Dana. Again, I didn't put their picture for obvious reasons, but these are our ministry partners that are international. Those are all across the world, fulfilling the very thing that we just read in Acts 1.8. And then we have our local ministry partners here in Wimberley, Hayes County. Let me read those off to you real quick. We have the Crisis Bread Basket. We have Hayes Caldwell Women's Shelter. We have the Heart of Pregnant, Texas Pregnancy Resource Center. Central Texas Life Care, also a pregnancy resource center. We have Camp Good Sam here in Wimberley and Bridges to Life, which is our unbelievable prison ministry. And we are, again, a church that serves a generous God. And we are a church that will continue to be generous even during this time. And so let me pray as we close with two songs. I just want to pray for this offering. And I also want to pray for all of our ministry partners and for you as well at home. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the ability to be connected to all of these people, not only in, in, in this way as, as we support them, but also, God, we are connected to them via relationships. These are people that we know and people that we love, people that have been here and we have been there. I thank you that you have connected us, God, through your gospel. 
the one common denominator that we have, Father, I pray that you would strengthen that connection during this time. And that through the efforts of this church, I pray that our ministry partners around the world would be blessed beyond measure. I pray that you would multiply these resources so that your gospel message will continue to move throughout the world, Father, and more and more people would see, would be still and know that you are God. God who loves them, the God who created them, and the God who has redeemed them. And I pray, Father, for everyone sitting at home, I pray that we would be strengthened by your Holy Spirit to walk through this season, and I pray that, you would, that we would boldly step out and proclaim this good news even as we are scattered, as we continue to walk these uncertain days. Lord, we know that you are with us, and we know, God, that you are here, and so we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray.